Good morning. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be able to present these martyrs to you all this morning. But first, I want to ask a question. Why did our God tell us about specific men and women in the Bible? It was to give us examples that we can learn from. Some show us how to live a righteous and holy life for the Lord and the closeness we can have walking with him, like Enoch, that follows that results from such a life. Others show us the danger of turning from the Lord and the terrible consequences that follow. Others still show us his mercy, providence, and mighty arm when they turn back to him. But what can we learn from the martyrs? What I want to focus on is the hope that they had through their faith in Jesus Christ and in their present standing before God because of the salvation of their souls by him alone. Their faith gave them the strength to stand fast in the midst of unimaginable afflictions and tribulations. We can follow their example of strong faith to overcome whatever difficulties we're facing right now. And I'd chosen these three martyrs weeks ago. Uh, I wasn't really sure how to introduce it until last night with Romans 5. I'm going to read the first five verses again just to refresh our memories. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So as I go through the last words of these three martyrs, I want us to focus on those elements we read in Romans 1 through 5 last night. Notice the strong faith they had and exceeding great and precious promises purchased for them by Jesus Christ. The peace they communicated and encouraged their friends with. The prayers they coveted for grace and strength. The hope of glory they rejoiced in. The glory they had in their present but temporary tribulation and their hope of eternal glory they would partake in all because of Jesus Christ. And so we go on to the martyrs. There's three of them. Their names are Scoblot, Hughes, and Cummins. In 1568 in the Netherlands, these three persons were apprehended in Antwerp, and during their confinement, they behaved with great fortitude and cheerfulness, confessing the hand of God appeared in what had befallen them, and they bowed down before the throne of his providence. In an epistle to some worthy Protestants, they express themselves in the following words. Since it is the will of the Almighty that we should suffer for his name and be persecuted for the sake of his gospel, we patiently submit and are joyful upon the occasion. Though the flesh may rebel against the spirit and hearken to the counsel of the old serpent, yet the truths of the gospel shall prevent such advice from being taken, and Christ shall bruise the serpent's head. We are not comfortless in confinement, for we have faith. We fear not affliction, for we have hope. And we forgive our enemies, for we have charity. Be not under apprehensions for us. We are happy in confinement through the promises of God, glory in our bonds, and exult in being thought worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ. We desire not to be released, but to be blessed with fortitude. We ask not liberty but the power of perseverance and wish for no change in our condition, but that which places a crown of martyrdom upon our heads. Scoblant was first brought to his trial when, persisting in the profession of his faith, 
he received sentence of death. On his return to prison, he earnestly requested the jailer not to permit any friar to come near him, saying, They can do me no good, but may greatly disturb me. I hope my salvation is already sealed in heaven, and that the blood of Christ, in which I firmly put my trust, hath washed me from my iniquities. I am now going to throw off this mantle of clay to be clad in robes of eternal glory, by whose celestial brightness I shall be freed from all errors. I hope I may be the last martyr to papal tyranny, and the blood already spilt found sufficient to quench the thirst of popish cruelty, that the Church of Christ may have rest here as his servants will hereafter. On the day of his execution, he took a pathetic leave of his fellow prisoners. At the stake, he fervently said the Lord's Prayer and sung the 40th Psalm. Then commending his soul to God, he was burnt alive. Hughes, soon after, died in prison, upon which occasion Cummins wrote thus to his friends, I am now deprived of my friends and companions. Scoblant is martyred, and Hughes is dead by the visitation of the Lord. Yet I am not alone. Amen. I have with me the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He is my comfort and shall be my reward. Yes. Pray unto God to strengthen me to the end, as I expect every hour to be freed from this tenement of clay. On his trial, he freely confessed himself of the Reformed religion, answered with a manly fortitude to every charge against him, and proved the scriptural part of his answers from the gospel. The judge told him the only alternatives were recantation or death, and concluded by saying, Will you die for the faith you profess? To which Cummins replied, I am not only willing to die, but to suffer the most excruciating torments for it, after which my soul shall receive its confirmation from God himself in the midst of eternal glory. Being condemned, he went cheerfully to the place of execution and died with the most manly fortitude and Christian resignation. These are our brothers and sisters that have gone before us. They're examples to us of strong faith, of those practical benefits we read about last night that they used, they had them, and they they were strengthened by them. And we can have that same strength to overcome anything that is set before us. The Lord be praised. Amen. Amen. Excellent, Austin.